Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, visit our website at overflowdfw.com. Every moment with the Lord is a blessing. Every moment with the Lord is a gift. We're going to talk about something that is my favorite subject, that should be your favorite subject, not because I'm telling you it should be your favorite, but because it is. It's so good. It's relationship with Jesus. Relationship, okay? Some of us have this messed up a little bit in our heads where we uh, get stuck in our church routine or we get stuck in our, uh, our dues list. Yeah. Shouldn't be a dues list. Right. When you're married, I'm married. Best thing in my life. Second best thing. The Lord's best. Yeah. Marriage second. Yeah. But oh my goodness, it's good. But when I was up this morning making my wife some coffee and making her some breakfast, I didn't do that because I, my wife held a gun to my head. I didn't do that because I knew that, oh man, I wasn't going to get something good later if I didn't just like do my dues. Man, no. I do that because I love my wife. It's the same thing with Jesus. It's the deeper we are in love with him, the more and more we just love doing Man, the Bible calls us to do a lot of things. If we do all those things, but we don't know God, there's no life in it. There's none. There's none. My Bible talks about, um, I think it's Matthew 7, but the Bible talks about these guys that did all these great wonders. They, They healed the sick. They raised the dead. They cast out demons in Jesus' name. They led people to Jesus. They did all these great works. And, and man, for our standard, man, just flesh standard, dude, I'm like, man, that's a great guy right there, man. You really must know the Lord because all this all this stuff's coming. Yeah. But they came to the Lord after they died. And the Lord said, like, like depart from me, workers of iniquity, because I never knew you. It's about knowing. The gospel's relational, okay? The gospel's relational. Check this out. I'm just going to share the gospel with you guys. This is the heart and call of everything that we do. And it's not anything other than knowing and being, walking with God. Knowing, being, and walking with God. In the beginning, God created man. God loved man so much. He walked with him. He talked with him. He gave him this entire garden and said you can eat anything but do not eat one tree in that garden why'd God do that like if he knew that there is a chance of failure to hurt his kids why would he even give them an option for me I wouldn't like I wouldn't put something dangerous in front of my daughter I have a newborn daughter I love her to death oh my goodness I would put something dangerous in front of her. But God actually said, I love you so much and I trust you so much that I'm actually going to give you a choice. Relationship without a choice is not relationship. That's slavery. God didn't make us to be slaves. He made us to be sons and daughters. He made us to be in relationship with him. So he gave us a choice. Man fell. They said, no, I don't choose to do what you're saying. I choose to listen to what the enemy's saying. The devil came and said, did God really say? They said, oh, maybe he didn't. And they trusted in the devil more than them. And now, because of what they chose, every single son, which were sons and daughters from Adam and Eve, 
they're born into sin. This sin leads to separation from God. Separation from God is our death sentence because sin left undealt with through the blood of Jesus leads to eternal death. And eternal death is eternal separation from God. God is love. God is everything good. And God in the fullness of God is what he's called us to walk into. So God being a loving father didn't just leave us in our mess. He didn't just leave us in our garbage. He said, I'm going to come and I'm going to meet with you. And I'm going to provide a way for you to come back in a relationship with me. So check this out. God, this is my favorite verse. Tell me if you guys know it. It's like everyone knows it. It's so good. I knew it, but I didn't know it. And I'm learning how to know it. Because we can have head knowledge all day long, but it's not about the head knowledge. Oh, it's about the knowing. Intimate knowledge, intimacy. It's what we're talking about today. Jesus, all right, this is the verse trying to to go off on something else. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son for whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. We get stuck on eternal life. Eternal life is not a ticket to heaven. Eternal life doesn't come through just praying a prayer. That's a starting place. It's an amazing place to start. But it's walking with God in relationship. Eternal life is this. Can we pull up John 17, 3? I love this. This is eternal life. That you know, uh, that they know you, the only true God, Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Check this out. It doesn't say for those who do the right things are going to have eternal life, or eternal life is getting to heaven one day. Eternal life is knowing God, knowing Jesus, and that knowing that relationship with God carries over for all of eternity and it only gets better and better and better. I've had a relationship with God that's been amazing, but there's deeper still. And there's some people in here that have had an amazing relationship with God, but I'm telling you there's more. I'm telling you there's deeper. If you guys are in a place where you're like, man, I can't get better than this. It can only get worse. There's no peak in the kingdom. There's no midlife point that it's just like, man, it's just going to start going downhill. It only gets sweeter and it only gets better. Only. Eternal life is this relationship with God. And it's everything. Someday I'm going to figure out how to keep my phone from turning back off. That'll be later though. (laughs) Relationship. Relationship is intimacy. So what we're going to be talking about. We're talking about three things. Relationship with God, which is intimacy. We're going to talk about So this is what we're talking about. The blessings in the relationship, which everyone loves the blessing. We're going to talk about the cost of relationship, which a lot of people don't like the cost, but you have to count the cost to follow Jesus. And then we're going to talk about just some practical stuff because I'm a practical guy. I like simple and I like step by step. I can do the thing right in front of me. I might not be able to do it as good as someone else, but I can do it. And it's how to walk in relationship with God. Get your notes out. Today, I do not care if your heart gets stirred. I don't care if you guys feel goosebumps. I don't care if you guys are like, oh, that's so good. If you do not have something that you're going to actively grab a hold of and apply this week, there is no point to you listening to this. There is none. You want transformation. Transformation comes from the Holy Spirit, and you choosing to do something with it. And this is what we're here to do. We're asking for transformation. Because if you're walking with God, you're not going to look the same as what you did. You can't. It's impossible. All right, we're going to talk about this. Let's talk about the blessings of relationship. First is hearing. 
This is what John 10, 27 says. My sheep, which were God's sheep, listen to my voice and I know them and they follow me. Check this out. If you guys are in relationship with God, one of the blessings God gives you is the ability to hear his voice. Okay. It's God's primary. uh, What's God's primary language? Hebrew? Hebrew. Hebrew, okay. Okay, that's a good one, bro. I love it. Check this out, man. Like, if God had a primary English language, it'd probably be Hebrew. It'd probably be something like more, more Middle Eastern. That's where the gospel came from. You guys know the gospel didn't come from America. We don't have an American Jesus. We have a dark skin, long hair, like just pierced Jesus, man. Not my white skin. But check this out. God's primary language isn't Hebrew. God's primary language isn't English. God's primary language isn't Chinese. If it was one of those, then I'd be disqualified because I don't know any of the other two. I only know English. But God's primary language is the language of heaven, which looks different from our language. So God can speak in any way he wishes. God speaks in many ways, but one of the ways that we speak, we have to learn how to hear his voice is through the still small voice of the Holy Spirit. God will speak with putting an impression on you. God will speak through like a still small voice. Like um, my buddy Sean, he always explains it. Like if I say pink elephant with po- like purple polka dots, you got like what? Like does that pop up in your head? Yeah. That same place that popped up in your head, that place where you can imagine that, is a place where the Holy Spirit can sometimes speak. So check this out. God never speaks something that violates His word. His yeah. voice always 100% lines up with his word. If it doesn't, it's not his voice. Put it to the side. That's why it's important to get in your word because if you don't know your word, you won't know God's voice and we're called to be led by the voice of the Lord. We're the sheep of God and we're called to follow where he's called to go. But that's one of the blessings. Pursue these guys because these are life. This is relationship with God. Hear God's voice. It's so, so key to be able to walk out well with him. Number two, we're going to talk about closeness. When you're in relationship with God, it's amazing. It's so good. Who can I pick on? Brandon, come up here. Come on. Oh, my word. Jesus, you're so good. When we're talking about closeness, when we're walking with relationship um, with someone, a normal relationship is face-to-face, person-to-person. I'm talking with Brandon. I love this guy. I know this guy. He knows me. But relationship with God isn't shoulder to shoulder. It's not side to side. That's relationship with people. Relationship with God's deeper. Relationship with God is this. It's being in God. Relationship with God is being in God. It's closer than anything we could do side to side. It's closer we could do face to face. It's being in. And what it is, is when people look at you, can you even see me? Brandon's so stinking tall, man. It's awesome. This is how it should be. They don't even see me. If they're calling out Josh, 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 like, man, I'm I, I'm not doing my job right, man. They should be seeing Jesus, Jesus, Jesus coming right out of me because I'm in God. I'm not with God. Thank you so much. You're amazing. All right, let's read this. John uh, 17, 22 and 23. I've given them, all right, so this is what Jesus was praying over the disciples, all who come after. 
Check this out. This is an amazing promise that we have. This wasn't for the disciples then. It said all who believe after. This is awesome. I've given them, I've given them, so I can say I've given you the glory that you gave to me so that they may be one as we are one. Jesus is talking about him and the Father. This is what we're called to. This is amazing. God didn't say maybe. God didn't say kind of or sort of. He said that they may be one as we are one. And I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love me as much as you love, you love them as much as you love me. So check this out. We're called to be in perfect unity with God. It doesn't say partial unity. Right. It's part of the cost. But when we're going deeper with God, he's called to perfect unity and he's called to be in God. So check this out. That takes it from a different place. We hear God's voice, the blessing. We're close with God, even when we don't feel it, because we don't live by our feelings. If we live by our feelings, we're going to go everywhere, everywhere. We live by being in God. And because we're in God, we get to do this third thing, which is amazing. It's called walking out life, walking out life in God. You guys know what your Bible say on this? This is really cool. This is really cool. This is 1 John 2, 6. And this is you. This is the bride of Christ. This is me. Not because I'm special. This is just me. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. What's our standard? Standard's Jesus. Oh, man, I'm just a, like, horrible sinner. I, I messed up, man. You know, let me tell you, in between services, I got really frustrated. I had some amazing kids that I love to death hanging on my arms, and I had impatience and like frustration come up in me. I'm not perfect at all. I got plenty of stuff, and the Lord's ripping it out of me. But check this out. My standard's not the world's standard. I'm not of this world. You're not of this world. You can't have the standards saying, well, this is okay for other people. Well, this is okay for them. There's a lot of stuff that we say, a lot of stuff that we do, a lot of stuff that we listen to that might not be okay. And it might be okay for someone else, but it's not okay for you. We're called to walk out like Jesus did. Did Jesus do it? If Jesus did it, I'm called to do it. If you can't see Jesus doing something, I don't don't even see myself. I don't want to see myself doing it. Here's a standard. It's a standard. It's amazing because it's not workspace because God's grace is what gives us and empowers us to be able to walk this out. Oh my goodness. So here's the blessings. Pursue them because God wants to radicalize your life. And this is how we have a relationship with God. This is how we actually know him. It comes by hearing his voice. Oh my word. Because of being in the Word of God, Him just loving on us with His Word. If you don't feel like you're loved by, loved by God when you're reading your Word, read it more and ask God this question. God, make me like your Word. Make me like your Word. And speak to me through your Word. And if you ask that every time you open up your Bible, you're going to have a totally different experience. Yeah, that's good. I treated my Bible, man, like... Oh, I treated my Bible like I have to for a lot of years. I treated it like, man, I don't really get this. It's kind of going over my head. I was reading a New King James Version, and I was little, and I was like, can't even understand Romans. I finally got an NIV, and then I read Romans. I'm like, 
this actually makes sense. <laughs> Read it. Welcome the Holy Spirit into it, and God's going to speak. With that place of God speaking and we're hearing His voice, we have to learn it's a practice thing. It comes closeness with God. We're in Him. We're doing life with Him. We're doing life in Him. It's amazing. When you don't feel good, press in deeper. Press in deeper because God's going to meet you right there. My Bible says in James, it says in James 5, 17, I think. It's somewhere in James. You can trust me on that one. But it says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. God's promise to you is when you come near to him, he's going to meet you every single time. You feel it, you don't feel it. Goosebumps, no goosebumps. God's going to mark you. And then we're called to walk out the way Jesus walked, which is amazing. That's such a privilege. All right. Walking with God means that you're actively being transformed into God's image. If you're walking with God and you look the same as what you did last year, I really challenge you. I don't, I really challenge you. Check yourself. Are you walking with God? Because you cannot be walking with him closely and look the same exact way you did last year. Me and my wife, we got married. Oh my word. We're like, this is amazing. This is so good. And we're like, man, we got this together. We have a great relationship. We were just talking almost two years ago. And we're like, oh my word, did I even know Jesus? <laughs> I'm like, that, that the person back there, that person that's dead now because we're called to die and come and live in Christ. Dead to our sin, dead to our flesh, live in Jesus. Man, I'm like, ooh, that was ugly. And I'm like, I'm sure in another two years it's going to be the same. There's just deeper. We're being transformed by God. We're being transformed by God. Where we were isn't okay now. If you're not being transformed, I challenge you. Check your heart on this. That's what 1 John 1, 6 through 7 says. So we're lying. And this is talking about fellowship with God, relationship with God. We are lying Check your heart on this. If we have fellowship, say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We're not practicing the truth. But if we're living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, his son cleanses us from all sin. I challenge you, if you say you're right with God or you're in a relationship with God, but you are walking in darkness, it's not truth. Don't, you, you can't afford to think it is. You can't. You can't. There's many people that will come, and this is talking about Sunday morning Christianity. Man, I've been a part of this, so don't think I'm not, but I'm saying when we come to church on Sunday, there's people in churches that come to Sunday every single Sunday. That You come to church seven days a week, guys. Without relationship with God, there's no life in it. There, without Repentance without walking outside of darkness in God's light, there's no life and it only leads to spiritual death and leads straight to hell. In God's, there's no darkness. We're not called to walk in any darkness. If there's darkness, give it to God, repent and run to God and God's going to rip it out of you. All right, righteousness, the cost of intimacy. We love the promise, but a lot of times we don't like the cost. And the cost of being intimate with the Father, having a relationship with God, is righteousness. Let me tell you what I mean by that. There's two types of righteousness. This is amazing. This is amazing. The first type is who we are in Christ. It's just simple. This is amazing because it's not our righteousness. It's God's righteousness. But then it's what God's making us into. 
It's what we are and what we choose. The first is uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21. God made him, I love this verse. God made him who knew no sin, Jesus, to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Righteousness of God. I called Brandon up a second ago, but just like look at Brandon right there. Right there. Come on. This man isn't just named Brandon. From what we just read in our Bible, what we just read in our Bible, this man is the righteousness of God. So what this is saying is I could actually say, call this guy out and say, righteousness of God. Can you come up here and just just sit next to me? You don't have to. You don't have to. I'm just saying. But I'm saying I could use that. And I'm like, that's your identity. That's your name. In Jesus, when we come into him, this is who we are. This is who we are because of the blood of Jesus. Not because God's blinded by the blood of Jesus, but because we're transformed by the blood of Jesus. But here's the second part. And this is what we miss a lot of times. There's a dangerous lie in many churches saying the grace of God covers our sin. The blood of Jesus covered our sin. So we actually don't have to really like we're going to mess up so it doesn't really matter how bad we mess up that's not what my bible teaches my bible talks about sin being from hell and talks about sin leads to death and if we don't walk away from that repent of it and go a different way we're going like apart from god forever to burn forever hell is very real and very serious Check this out. The other part of righteousness is two. It's what we're called to walk out with our free will. It's what you have to choose intentionally to walk out, to go deeper with God. And you're saying, God, I want your way better than my way. How much do you want? How much do you want? How hungry are you? My Bible says those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. Are you hungry and thirsty? Are you actually pursuing actively? Are you burning inside you for saying, I'm not satisfied where I'm at? If you're not, get on your face and cry out to God because it is the only thing that has life in it. I'm not talking about getting to heaven one day. I'm not talking about just spiritual blessing in the future. I'm talking about life right now. I'm talking about power of God. I'm talking about the love of God. I'm talking about really being transformed. I'm talking about real freedom. Man, I just want to go off on my whole testimony, man. Like, I love Jesus. I was raised in the church. I have phenomenal family. Depression, man, stuck on me, man. Like, no one's business for no reason. Depression, man, to the point of, like, really hating myself, man, having suicidal thoughts and just garbage. Never attempted suicide, got close with some of that stuff, just was stu- just being stupid. Man, coming into God, just loving Jesus, but having this weight on me, getting stuck in pornography, being this good kid, everyone knows, oh my word. And I'm like, I can't let people down. No, I'm a people pleaser. No, no, no. Man, in repentance, in laying my full life down and surrender, not part way in, not halfway in, full life down and surrender. God came and he met me and he brought real transformation. He ripped off pornography off my life. I've been, it's probably nine years. I need to do the math on that when I'm not up here. But it's like nine years completely sober from porn. And it's not because I try hard not to do that. Depression is not because I'm trying hard not to be depressed. Uh, Like suicidal thoughts, not anything like that. God came and he spoke into my identity. He brought real freedom. He brought real hope. He got real joy and he brought real freedom. In Jesus, there's real freedom. Comes with us choosing to walk with God. 
If Jesus paid for it, we got to choose to walk in it. This is what we're made for. If Jesus paid for it, if he, like if it cost God's son everything, we got to choose to walk in the fullness of what God has. This is what 1 Peter 2.24 says. He personally carried our sins in his body. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be well, kind of like sort of dead. So we can kind of be like, well, you know, you like flirt with it. Like, like right. that's not that bad of a sin. Right, it says so we can be dead to sin yeah. and live in what is right. Yes. And by his wounds, you are healed. Yes. We're called to be dead in sin. This is an identity thing. Yeah. If you're not dead in sin today, God wants to rip that out of you. Yeah. If sin does not disgust you, God wants to rip that out of you because there is only death in sin. And God brings real freedom. The healing that God brings is not just healing of your bones and your body. He does it. I was blind in my right eye. I don't know if all you all know that, but God totally healed me. I was ripped open supernaturally. God healed it. Uh, my two younger brothers, they're praying for me. They're little. But I'm telling you, God doesn't just heal physically. God heals mentally. He feels like physically, spiritually, sexually emotionally, relationally, financially, any need where there could be a lack, God paid the price for healing and freedom in that. We got to choose to walk in it, guys. We got to choose to. Sin separates, but righteousness connects. Check this out. This is just so good. Sin separates, pulls us away from God, but this is what Matthew 5, 8 says. Oh, I love this verse. Blessed are the pure of heart for they will see God. When I was stuck in pornography, I read that, and I'm like, God, make me have the purest heart because I want to see you. When we walk in righteousness, we get to see God. We get to come close to Him. It's a blessing. Check this out. The call of God's righteousness can only be accomplished through intimacy in which God gives his grace. I'm going to read that again. The call of God's righteousness, everything I'm saying, the call, the God's call for you to do can only be accomplished only through relationship, intimacy with God. And when we're close with him, he gives his grace. His grace, one of the definitions of grace is his power in our time of need. When you need him, press into him he'll give you the grace and he's going to give you the grace to accomplish what you're called to do there's no sin too great for god to crush and break and break complete freedom none there's no addiction too long either there's no addiction too long either there's nothing that's been like well this has been like since i've been born or someone did this to me when i was little and it's like I, i just can't i can't break it don't try breaking it on your own anymore. Lay it at the feet of the Father. Let's talk about how to walk in relationship with God. And we're going to have some fun just with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is so present. Man, it's God the Father. Amazing Father. It's God the Son. Amazing friend. And it's God the Holy Spirit. It's God, the Holy Spirit, that's in us, through us. He works the power of God. It's just amazing. And it's just so present right now. So good. There's three, three things to really walk in out in a relationship with God. You need all of them. 
but it starts with the first. You can't have the second, and you can't have the third. I'm doing one and two. You can't have the second, and you can't have the third without going through the first. And the first will cost you everything. But the first is surrender. Oh my goodness. Sometimes we talk about the gospel being a costless gospel. My brothers and my sisters in China right now are being beaten and broken for when they say yes to Jesus. Do you guys know this? Do you guys know that there's places outside of America when you actually say, I want to follow Jesus, that it will cost you your family being cut off, a lot of times being thrown in prison, sometimes straight execution. I've just been listening just with my brothers and sisters in China. and There was one man just held down um, in prison and he was just being, all, the guards told him because he loved Jesus held him down and just told him all the people just to go pee on him, just desecrate him, just because he loved Jesus, just because he was following Jesus. Beaten, broken, he had his legs broken, just all this other stuff, just for following Jesus. In America, the cost of the gospel is no different. It might look different because we have some religious freedoms, and thank God for that. But when we don't have a cost to this thing, we think we can take all of the blessing. We can take all of the benefit. We can take all the reward. And I am telling you, there's only eternal death in that. Because without repentance, there's no forgiveness of sin. That's what my Bible talks about. That's what my Bible says. You guys want to talk about this? You guys want to talk about this? Because it's like... Without repentance, which means you're turning away from your sin, you're changing the way you're thinking, you're saying, God, I can't do this on my own. I'm saying, I lay my life down, and I'm going your way. Without that, there's no forgiveness. Man, we want to be healed, hold, safe, delivered, safe. I said safe twice because safe's such a big thing. Like, we want all our finances taken care of. Man... My Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he's going to take care of all your needs. I don't know a whole lot of places that just says the Lord's going to bless me. Mike, we're not into a bless me thing. We're into a seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then God blesses. God's amazing. Let's pull up that surrender, like just what it says on there. We'll read it. God wants nothing less than your full life. Nothing less. Nothing less. The cost of the gospel is not part of your life and adding Jesus to it and coming to church on Sunday is laying your full life down in surrender and is saying, God, I don't want my life. I want what you have for me more than anything else. And look at me. There's people in this church. There's people that I've been around. I don't know like all of your guys' stories, but if there's people in this church right now that have been satisfied, even if you guys have been coming for the overflow for years, where it's like, I'm not fully surrendered to God. Today's your day for surrender. My Bible says to die with Christ so you can live with Christ. We serve an upside down kingdom. It doesn't make sense to the world. It's backwards to other people, but it means you die and then God comes in and brings you into life. Ooh, man. Acts 2.38, just burning on me. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, new man, because there's you become brand new when the Holy Spirit comes and gets a hold of you. Yeah. Um, he shares the gospel, just what I'm sharing. And uh, these people come and they're like, my hearts, their hearts were cut, it said, like it, it cut their heart. It's like, what can we do to be saved? 
And uh, this is what Peter said. He said, repent of your sins. Every one of you, every one of you, be baptized. It's a baptism of water. Be baptized for the repentance of your sin because baptism's not just something you go through and it's not just something you do once and you're like, oh, I was baptized as a baby or I was baptized way back when. Baptism is when you're making a commitment to the Lord, you're walking with Him because there's, and there's freedom in it, spiritual breakthrough in it. Be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus and be, then you'll be filled. You'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Without repentance, there's no forgiveness. Without baptism, there's no new life. And without really being filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's the power. God gave me this analogy a while ago, but it's like God's given us, we have this objective to like drive a car uphill, right? So just picture this with me. There's this massive hill at the top of it. That's where we're supposed to go, but we have to make it with us in the car to the top or us, the car at the top. And uh, so we're pushing, but the only problem is the car doesn't have any gas. What the Holy Spirit is, is the gas in the car. We can have the right place, we can be in the right people, we can have all this other right things, but we're trying to push this thing on our own. And if you guys are feeling like you guys are trying to do this life on your own, if you guys are feeling like, I'm trying to do these lists of stuff, Holy Spirit, is the gas that actually gives the engine like some movement so you're not pushing on your own. If you guys want that, that's here for you today. But it takes the cost of surrender. It's not just a gift that we just receive without the cost. Let's go to the second one, pursuit. When you surrender your life to Jesus, oh, actually, I'm going to say one more thing just on uh, surrender. Jesus has to be your number one. Has to be above your spouse. When I first got married, I loved Jesus. Oh, my goodness. But I love my wife so much. She's, like, <laughs> just so precious to me. And I loved her so much that I made her actually in a place above God. Sure. Can't happen. Right. Cannot happen. Husband's not more important. Your wife's not more important. What God's saying to do is the most important thing. And if it's not, it needs to, be, it needs to have repentance, which means, God, I'm sorry. I'm turning away from that. I'm going your way. And it needs to be doing today. Finances can't be your most important. A lot of people are led by their finances. If your finances are down, you're down. If your finances are up, you're up. That's not the way of God. I'm the, I am the only person who works in my, my house. It's a privilege. And I'm not the provider for my house. God's my provider. I partner with him in providing. I am not the one who carries the weight of the shoulders. I'm not lazy by any means, but I am not the provider. God is my provider, and I provide with him. I partner with God. And the last thing, like, and these are just examples. If there's anything in your heart that is above Jesus, it needs to go. It needs to be repented of today. Repentance, it will be life and freedom. Serious. I'm dead serious, guys. But there needs to be, uh, it can't be kids. I have a precious little baby. Oh, my word. Little baby Liberty Joy. She's so sweet. She's so lovely. But if I want to take care of her or take care of her needs above my relationship with God or above my need with the Father, if she becomes up here and God becomes down here and that's shown with how I live my life, it's wrong. can't happen. Needs to be repentant of. Surrender it today. Let's talk about pursuit. We're going to do two more, and then we're going to go into some ministry time. 
Oh, man. As a Christian, you're called to walk the way Jesus walked. We talked about that. Come on. We're able to walk with him by spending time with him daily. Let me tell you, this is not a Sunday morning. Come and get filled up, get your goosebumps on, and then go back and live your life like hell six days a week. It does not work that way. It does not work that way if you say you're in God, you claim to be in God, but you're walking in darkness. It does not work that way. It doesn't work if you have a good face here and a bad face everywhere else. Man, oh, get real, guys. Get real. Look the same here as you do in your house. How you look in your house is who you are. And man, I got a lot of work and it's not, and God's doing some amazing stuff in me. But how I look up here on a platform is not who I am. How I look in my house and how I look there and here should be the same. No duplicity. Get that out of you guys. There's no place in the church. We're called to walk the way Jesus walked and we're called to do it daily. This is a daily being in him and with him. I talked to a buddy of mine, um, and I've talked with multiple friends, and it's like they talk about reading the the Bible three days a week, um, and that's great. That's a great accomplishment for, for them, but it doesn't start three days a week. It starts daily just pursuing the Lord. And I'm just going to say really quickly what I have done. You guys don't have to do it. This is not a, uh, this is the way to do it, but this is some ways that I have done it. I wake up an hour early on just before I go to work and I get like before me and the Lord and I spend time with them. And that time looks different day to day. But this Bible right here, I value so much. I value so much, not because I have to, but because I've got this word in me where it's starting to come out of me. And I've realized that this is my daily bread. If you eat food one day a week for multiple weeks where are you going to be at? Some of you guys like might lose some weight. It might be a good thing. But if you guys continue doing that, it is very, very unhealthy. You will die. You'll look like a concentration camp survivor. You are not going to make it. But check this out. How many of you guys eat three meals a day? In America, we're so blessed. In America, we're so blessed. Like we have, for many of us, we have more than enough. We have so much that we throw away food. You guys can be in your physical food three days, three like times a day. You guys can be in the spiritual food that you are starving without, that you can have no strength in your bones, that you can have no endurance, you can have no faith, you can have no growing in the depths of the Lord without it. Get in the Word, sit before Him, hear God's voice, take a journal, write anything that pops in your head that sounds like your own imagination, and then look back on it later and see, okay, does that line up with the Bible? Does that sound like something I would be saying and learn to hear, learn to be, get some worship music on. You can look that up on YouTube and just turn and just play and just be with God. But God will encounter you because when you draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. Last thing, last and certainly not least, oh my goodness, you're called to obedience. Whatever this book calls you to, go do it and God will give you the grace to do it. 
ask for grace, which is God's power when we need it, and radically obey. We love Jesus by really our obedience. That's what John 14 talks about. talks about we love God by obeying him. We don't love God by saying, I love you. We can, but that's not the love the Bible talks about. We don't love God by saying, man, my heart's just overfilling for you. My heart overfills for him, but I'm like, that's not how I say I love you. That's not how I show I love you. My love is shown through all my obedience. And if we say we love him, but we don't obey him, we don't love him, we're lying. So, man, God's amazing. Eternal life starts today. Eternal life isn't heaven one day. Eternal life's right now. And for anyone who wants it, it's so right.